You're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM New Haven, streaming live at www.newhavenindependent.org and broadcasting live from our offices on Elm Street. This is another episode of The Tom Ficklin Show with Tom Ficklin. Good morning. This is the Tom Ficklin Show. We're going to jump right in. Normally, Lucy, as you know, I'll do a little diatribe or sermonette before I introduce my guest. But Gwen, uh, Gwen Samuel, I've known for, for a number of years, and it's been every year has been a, a new year of revival and revelation and, and, and insight in terms of what she's up to and what she's doing. But, with, but Gwen is the, really the visionary for the Connecticut Parents Union, and I've known you under very other guises as well. And when I say guises, to stay to stay vibrant, to, to stay refreshed, we do have to often, if not rebrand ourselves, relaunch, uh, re- rededicate. And again, the reason that I have such a great appreciation for Gwen, and we're going to talk about a variety of educational subject, is just how do we uh, shed the past and kind of re- re- reinvent ourselves for the future. That pertains to individuals in terms of transformation, but also in terms of society. So Gwen is a person who's transform- who, who continues to transform and evolve uh, herself, but also to also impact uh, how society can transform and evolve and, and grow and, and progress for all of us. So, Gwen, welcome th- this morning. Uh, it's really great, great, great to see. Are you, are you there? Yes, thank you for all having right. me. All right, you're on the scene. Gwen, Gwen is in the in the house. And again, we're going to talk about this the CCJEF. We're going to talk about education and fiscal accountability. We're going to talk about the Governor's Second Chance Program. And I'm really glad you raised that because people have forgotten how that was so. It, we still need to, need to pass the Second Chance Program. Uh, student adv- advocacy parent and community empowerment, and needless to say, voting in November. All of those issues are related in terms of what does it mean to for society to kind of get ahead, particularly for our young people, not not, not us, but our children, our grandchildren, our, our great-great-grandchildren, the unborn generations. And Gwen has been involved with this, really the unborn generation aspect. And that's the way I kind of see you, Gwen. How do you, how do you leave that legacy for people 50, 100, even 200 years from now in terms of society being better from an educational standpoint? Let's, let's jump right in, Gwen, and talk about why the CCJEF, why, why it matters, not only to black Connecticut, white Connecticut, pink Connecticut, but black communities nationwide. Yeah, so when you think about leaving a legacy for, um, for the next generation, so I was, I was born in the year of um, right after Brown versus Board of Education. And so it matters about what happened with Brown versus Board of Education when you think of CJEF, mm-hmm. because 62 years ago, the, the, the Supreme Court justices said that separate and equal is unconstitutional. So if separate and equal is unconstitutional, CJEF, CCJEF is also saying that separate and unequal mm. is unconstitutional. Mm. So we're looking at this end of, of, of the rights of students. Yes. Right. The, the rights of um, young people to gain access to great education. And the judge concluded very clearly. So everything that we're going to talk about intersects yes. because the judge says in his conclusion that schools are for kids. So if we were to look at results-based accountability, if we look at what hmm. does that mean? That means every decision, every public policy, 
every educational policy, every extension of that, whether it's juvenile justice, whether it's Department of Children and Families, anything that intersects a child's life. The judge says when it relates to the educational Mm -hmm. aspect, the schools are for them. Yet Connecticut has spent billions Mm. year after year, not millions, but billions to educate over 500,000 children. Yet it seems that people are able to make a living, right? Go to college, put their kids through college, be able to purchase a home. But our children are not even graduating Mm. with the basic skills Mm. to be able to get a low income or or a low wage job. Mm -hmm. And we appreciate the judge having the moral courage because Connecticut is a very politicized state. We're called the land of steady habits for Mm. a reason. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to acknowledge that some of our steady habits are bad habits. Mm. And Mm. we need to rethink how we think about educating our children in Connecticut. And we're going to post the very, the, the, uh, the actual court decision and, and through uh, WNHH, uh, Paul, Paul Bass has had uh, some of the, the, the Yale law school students on and, and the various lawyers involved. And I know other programs have talked about this, but this issue is so pertinent that we need it. It will be talked about and it's going to impact us whether we talk about it or not for who knows how long. So I'm really glad to have someone that's been on the ground and involved. You had an event roughly. It was it in, it was in Hartford last. Yes. Pro, pro, so we had mm-hmm. a press conference with the, the Hartford Parents University, Blue Hill Civic Association, uh, Achieve Hartford, um, Con- Connecticut Coalition for Achievement. Now they were part of the organization. And we came together because the uh, Attorney General, George Jepson, yes. had appealed. And for for me as a parent of color, and also just parents across, we were taken aback, number one, that the appeal was so quick. Mm-hmm. Right? No, if you look at the judge, I mean, there was ways we could have looked at this uh, his ruling and said, okay, whether we agree or disagree, are there areas that have some uh, validity and do we need to improve? And so, but yet we went straight into a quick appeal. And so that says to parents of color, right, and to the poor mm-hmm. and to working to rule Connecticut, mm-hmm. right, to rule that we want to keep things the same because he actually states that in his appeal that they're asking the judge to stay the ruling mm-hmm. and not only stay it, but his exact words were, and to protect the status quo. Yes. And yes. when you write that in an appeal, up, and when I looked up the word status quo, so mm-hmm. I can make sure we're on the same mm-hmm. language, right? It says, looking up the word, it says the existing structure. So he sent an appeal in, says that we want to keep the structure the same. The problem is the structure um, has benefits some that live in more affluent neighborhoods, yes. uh, more affluent zip codes than others. Yes. So that lets me know as the working poor mother that my child doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And that is a dangerous message to be sending out there as the attorney general, as the state's yes. attorney. Yes. Yes. C- certainly a, sl- a slap in the face to say the least. And, and, and 10 years for the, for it, for the judge to reach, reach his decision. I mean, the, the case has been brewing for, for 10 years. But it's interesting, if you look at the progression, because I remember when they approached us back in 2006 when I used to work for the Connecticut Parent Power. Mm-hmm. So I remember the CCJF, mm. but didn't really remember. One of my mm-hmm. um, advocates, uh, Lisa Lazard in Waterbury, was like, Gwen, we signed this paper back yes. in Waterbury yes. about CCJF. But it's interesting because when this occurred, the judge also did a ruling before this ruling back in 2010. Mm. And the judge was, because the question on the table was about adequate, right? They're saying, well, 
We're not violating the Constitution because we are giving them an adequate education. And what the Supreme Court judge did was define adequate. Mm. So he took it to a whole nother level. Mm -hmm. He says, no, no, no. If kids are graduating in the uh, high school, not even reading at kindergarten level, reading at third grade level, that is setting that child up to fail. Mm -hmm. So the Supreme Court says in 2010 that you must provide the type of education that they can be productive citizens that are able to engage in civic engagement, i.e. voting. Mm -hmm. So you make me think this is by design because we are voting individuals into office and many are not are disenfranchised from the process. Some think that it's because we're poor or they're felons. No, Connecticut is one of the state that allows felons to Mm -hmm. vote. Mm -hmm. So it can't be that. But when you look at literacy levels, if I can't engage in the process because I can't read the application, or that I can't see myself in it, then more than likely I'm not going to vote. For someone that's listening, Gwen, and that's that's so insightful and from the historical perspective, how should they get involved? What opportunities do you have, for, do you think, for people to get involved? Or what numbers can they maybe call? Or who, who, what websites should they check out? Just to kind of, I get the sense that people really understand whether we're in Ferguson or, or Charlotte or Tulsa or uh, if whether we were down at the, 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 the mall in terms of the African-American Museum for History and Culture. And even the uh, debates tonight, we see that this is the time for people to stand up and get and just express express their degree of uh, independence and to get rid of their angst and maybe in their depression. Right. So I think there's a two part or a multi phase. So number one, so while it is great that we are marching and doing die ins, right? But when you have that collective um, collectiveness with you, there is a chance to help guide the process. Mm. Mm. Right. Because Martin Luther King said it very, very well. While it may be true, right, that you can't legislate morality, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. but you can legislate behavior. Mm. Mm. You can't and the law can't make a man love you. Right. Mm-hmm. So these public policies, this Supreme Court ruling is not going to end racism. Right. But the law, it can stop people from doing certain things. Mm. In his era, he said, it can stop you from lynching me. Mm-hmm. And that's a pretty important piece, mm-hmm. right? So now we have this 21st century um, lynching, if you will, in mm-hmm. the form of oh, denying children access, right? Because mm-hmm. we're thinking about the future. I was a child that was born before Brown, but I benefited from Brown, yes. right? So now here we have 21st century generational children, right, who are in some of the most Beautiful schools, right? The judge even talks about construction. We have beautiful schools, but let's be clear. Buildings don't educate Mm, children. mm, It's mm. the people in them. And I'm not just going to say it's the teacher's role alone. Mm -hmm. We all have a collective responsibility to ensure the child's success. So when I say what can we do right now is there needs to be having conversation around the state about the impact Mm. of C.C. Jeff. Mm -hmm. Because it does. He is talking about the Constitution. He's saying the way you've been educating poor children and children with special with, with disabilities, and like my friend Lisa Lazar says, they're not disabilities, they just have different abilities. Mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, so the mm-hmm. way you educate people with different abilities are not giving them the adequate resources and supports to ensure they're getting what they need to succeed in school. So we need to be having conversations around the state. Because cause things are going to be happening fast. Yes. Share with us a little bit about that. Right. So the process is this, when when the attorney general put a petition to appeal. So he, the appeal didn't go through yet. He put a petition to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court get granted. It said, OK, I will hear your briefs. 
So then the, the Supreme Court judge allowed the plaintiffs, right? Yale students. So shout out to mm. the plaintiffs, mm. right? Shout out to the Yale students and to the lawyers who have stayed the course because mm -hmm. I'm sure it was frustrating along this yes, last absolutely. decade. Mm -hmm. So again, a, a super shout out for staying the course on behalf of marginalized folk because this law protects all. Mm. Even though we're focusing on the poor, this talks about accountability that will benefit the middle class, right? That it will benefit those who are paying, working hard to pay taxes into yeah. a system and they're paying into an educational system and they are not getting a return on their investment in education. And so this teacher standards are mentioned, student accountability is mentioned, and so allocation of various uh, uh, municipal educational budgets. Right. So he put everyone on the table. <laughs> and so, and which, which I love. And I think that's why I'm, a little concerned with teachers unions. I'll tell you why. So that's how, people like to say, okay, you're anti-teacher. No, let's talk about accountability, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Who's in front of the classroom are educators, right? And we have a very strong teachers union. They protect their rights. And I get that as a parent, as community advocates, we work with protecting the rights of children. Mm -hmm. And right now the system is designed that is teachers or students, the Supreme Court judge, I believe all he's saying is it needs to be teachers mm. and mm -hmm. students, mm -hmm. right? And that's all and this is about. And the taxpayers, too. And the actual tax, because they are paying for all this yes. construction, mm -hmm. millions. And then you got the nerve to ask for more money, and you don't even know how you spent the first set of money. So, again, if we look at an action step, number one, we need to be having conversations around the state to help people to understand. Because when you understand what's happening and how it can benefit you and your child, then you have buy-in. Are there any upcoming forums or conversations, public events that, that you know of where people can come out and participate and learn more? Well, stand by. And I mean, I'll be more than happy to give you my email and, and telephone number because the Black and Puerto Rican Caucus, uh, which is a legislative body mm -hmm. of, of lawmakers of color, mm -hmm. will be convening an informational session mm -hmm. at the legislative office building. They haven't released the date. Mm -hmm. That's going to be very important to have parent field trips and student field trips. Mm -hmm. And I, I do not believe it probably will be a school day. But for those individuals that can, mm -hmm. should attend. Mm -hmm. Because when you understand what's at stake, yes. then it'll help you rethink some of your strategies because this is going to be well about well beyond marching this Indeed. is about public Indeed. policy this Indeed. is helping people understand the power of public policy and the important role they play in shaping public policy gwen share if you would if you're comfortable in terms yep. of your, your email address or telephone number and then lucy will take a brief brief music break and so if you have any questions or you want to organize or you want to have some information about cc jeff please contact me at uh direct line 203 Four four three three two zero three again two zero three four four three three two zero three or you can email me at Gwen G W E N at C T Parents with an S Union dot O R G. Don't go away. You're listening to Tom Ficklin's show, and we'll be we'll be right back. <laughs>
I know you were enjoying the music, and so, so was I, but we want to, we'll, we'll do the music of the playlist another time. We have Gwen here, and Gwen, Gwen is not playing with us, but if you think of the schoolyard, and you think of elementary school, and, and people kind of going on the swings, and just yelling and screaming and having fun, that's the kind of vibrancy we want to bring into really life, how you can just enjoy, be around one another. Can you just imagine when you were in kindergarten or first grade, and just, hey, you were having fun, and the teachers were having fun, everybody was having fun, but you were learning at the same time. That is not taking place, and that's what we want to bring back, the vibrancy and the, and the cohesion and, and the just enjoyment of one another and our variety. We were talking, Gwen, just about the, the, uh, the ways that the community, not only statewide but nationally, can get involved from a legal standpoint because you reference Brown versus Board of Education, and we could reference Dred Scott, we could reference uh, Plessy versus Ferguson, but this is, this, is, this is our Dred Scott, our Plessy versus Ferguson, our um, uh, 1954 Brown versus Board decision. So some some legal strat you 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 were referencing a legal a legal strategy that you're also deploying. Oh, absolutely. So we reached out. The Connecticut Parents Union has reached out to a civil rights attorney and a constitutional attorney as well, because we will be preparing an amicus brief in opposition to the appeal. And so this is the time that community organizations and parents can start to share their stories so that it can be memorialized Mm. in a legal brief. Mm. And this allows for friends of the court. So the judge, when they're weighing the decisions can actually Mm -hmm. hear the stories. Mm -hmm. So this Mm -hmm. is going to be important. This is a people's movement. Literally. Yes. This is a people's opportunity. This is not uh, an organization, if you will, you know, top Mm -hmm. heavy grass Mm -hmm. tops type of movement. This is your, your parents in the shelters, Mm. your children in foster care, these, this is that moment, and the Connecticut Parents Union is will be traveling around the state, gathering stories, mm. and then we will be the lawyer will be working with us to put it in the format, and we will be filing an uh, a amicus brief mm-hmm. on behalf of Connecticut Parents Union and the and parents across the state and other organizations. We mm-hmm. have the Harford Knights Parents, uh, mm. I mean Harford Knights Youth Organization in Harford, um, and they do therapeutic mentoring. They work with those children that are expelled and and mm. Uh, mm. suspended mm. so that matters so when we think about this this is a time where your grassroots organization mm-hmm. i'm not talking about the traditional ones that automatically always get the funding they regardless of performance <laughs> mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. we're talking about those mom and pop groups mm-hmm. who do what they have to do right on the lawn giving out clothes to the homeless making sure kids have t-shirts and, and, and socks for school those type of organizations this is a time where we come collectively mm-hmm. And let the judge know that we stand by his decision because we are living the decision. Mm, People mm, are talking mm. about the decision, but the poor are living. There, our, there, there you go. Exactly. You, and I th- think you referenced or we were talking about the, the New York Times article. This is not just people are watching from all the, all the other states. Oh, absolutely. I have a homework assignment. I have the pleasure when I was selected to be a a parent with mom Congress parenting magazine Mm -hmm. where they select one parent from each state. So I have the pleasure of working with parents literally in all of the States in the U S and one of my homework assignments to parents is, so what does your constitution say (laughs) regarding Mm. your educational rights? Mm -hmm. And so Connecticut sets a very good precedent Mm. because people say, well, people are always having these arguments about funding. Mm -hmm. The judge took it. Well, he took it, past just the conversations about funding per se he said how are you spending the funding Mm, mm, and mm, see that's the question mm, that every state should be having mm -hmm. every parent who's talking about uh services for their children how is your state spending mm -hmm, the money mm -hmm. so connecticut sets a precedent 
in regards to having the holistic conversations about schools. Yes. Are the schools really for kids or are they for the ideologies of adults? Are they for the uh, politicals, charters versus tradition, charter mm-hmm. versus back mm-hmm. to the tradition? Is it about that or is it about ensuring that every child has access to whatever educational tool they need to succeed? That's the question on the table. Boy, and that, that's, that's, that's so profound. I can remember um, Gwen, our former mayor, John, Mayor DiStefano, talking about, I think it was his second or third time that he was going to run. We have two-year terms here in New Haven. And he was talking about challenging the state in terms of the, the property tax reliance and, uh, and how that kind of results in disparate treatment in terms of the various, various cities. He didn't follow through on, on, us, on, on that particular suit. And Mayor Harp will be here following this show for the, for, uh, the, for the mayor's corner with uh, Paul Bass. But the disparities, I mean, the, the judge was pretty clear. Very clear. <laughs> I mean, this Very was a, right. some bold statements he made. Right. And this is also an opportunity. And I want to speak to educators mm-hmm. because this, if, if we let politics get in the way of what he says, it will put parents against educators. Mm. And I want to be clear. Parents stand with great teachers. I am a product mm-hmm. of a great teacher. Mm-hmm. We all are products of great teaching, right? Could from teaching mm-hmm. from home, mm-hmm. teaching from the classroom, teaching from whatever your faith is, right? As long as there's a positive experience, we, we, we grow and learn from that. And here's an opportunity to have conversations with educators because there is an accountability mechanism mm. that just needs to occur. And I'm not talking about standardized tests because I always give my teachers uh, passes in my son's school. I said, look, if my test, my child's test score and your job was on it, you're going to be out of a job. So I'll sign whatever release because I want to see my child's growth holistic mm-hmm. from every aspect and interaction in the classroom, including tre- tests, but not ex- just ex- in, ex- exclusive to yes. testing. So I say that to say, teachers, we can work together mm. with CCJ. I understand it looks like, it sounds like they're attacking. They're just saying no. We can't have kids graduating with degrees that can't read. Mm-hmm. Where were the interventions? Mm-hmm. Where were the adults taking the lead on this saying, look, this might not be the place for this child. Doesn't mean you put him in an alternative setting where he gets no services, but it might require, it might be homeschooling, right? It might be a magnet school. It might be a little corn mom and pop um, mm-hmm. program, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. whatever it is, it has to be about that child. So I really want to say, teachers, we can figure this out. Mm-hmm. Please, right. and don't let the politics divide it where it becomes parents versus educators. This is us. And our, the us as adults have mm. a responsibility to ensure that the young people, the little adults, the future adults, the future workforce, there you go. There right, you go. have what they need so that they can get the same degrees that you have in the classroom. <laughs> do, do you want to shift, Gwen? For, again, I'm smiling because... Uh, Again, for this particular show, we might not have a chance. Well, let's let's jump real quickly to you were in the NBC. Was it was it the the NBC had the Education Nation? Yes, had the Education Nation. I've had the distinct pleasure of of just um, having these national conversations mm-hmm. around parental engagement. I don't even use the word involvement because if you look up, I love what where words matter. So I love to look up what the meaning of the word. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you talk about engagement, it means to enter into a pact. Or an agreement. And that's what this is, right? If we're going to succeed with CC Jeff, we need to enter into an agreement. Mm. What it is teachers do you need Mm -hmm. to be the most effective teachers you can be? All right, parents, what tools or supports you need? 
so that you can be the best parent you can be in that child's life. Because at the end of the day, the judge was on point. I conclude schools are for kids. And so we have a role, mm. too. I tell parents, you need to, we talk about IEP for children. There needs to be IEP for parents, mm. right? Mm. What is your educational mm. plan? That's what IEP mm -hmm. is, an individualized mm -hmm. educational plan. Parents need to have one, too. What is your plan to ensure your child's success? And see, if you don't know something, that's okay. Mm -hmm. We create mm -hmm. this network, mm -hmm. this village to still support you. Because at the end of the day, it has to be about that child. We have, I know I said we have pride and we don't want to reach out to support. But at the end of the day, schools are for kids. And we have a legal and a moral obligation to ensure their safety, their well-being, mm. and their educational experience. Mm. Mm. Do, you, do you want to shift? Do, do we want to shift, Gwen, just for a moment to the, the second chance? Do you, Absolutely. You it all mm -hmm. interconnects. Okay. Because if you look at the school-to-prison pipeline. Right now, they're talking cradle-to-career because if you look at some of what's happening in the schools, we're putting handcuffs on five-year-olds, right? So our babies, who some of them still trying to learn their alphabet, are, are being, um, are, have intersection with law mm -hmm. enforcement, right? So when we think about the second chance, we're talking about those who have, who've had uh, brushes with the law, right, and, um, and wanted to turn their life around. The question becomes is if you look at the educational attainment, right, you look at some of those mm. things as high population of illiteracy, mm -hmm. high school dropouts, right? So we have this system that is not giving a strong K-12 foundation. And if some are fortunate to get through school and go to college, that might be one thing. But some are falling through the cracks. Mm. Yes. So we need to stand by. We need to own that CCJ says we have failed. So if we have failed poor children, it's safe to say we have failed many of those mm. individuals mm. that are in the jail system mm. and that mm. are coming out. Mm. And so the question is, how do we support? Because we benefit when they become taxpayers mm -hmm. versus mm -hmm. being in the system and mm -hmm. they become tax burdens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there are ways. So by standing behind this program, we are saying, you know what? We've made some mistakes as a state along the way. We got some, you know, some poor steady habits. Mm -hmm. But if we work together, we can make sure that... If you're a father in the system, that you're getting a you know a gainful employed, so you can take care of your children because you have an obligation, mm -hmm. and vice versa. We mm -hmm. have more parents now where fathers are raising the children. Yes, good point. Right, so we have to make sure that we're helping them get the supports they need, so that they can provide. Excuse me, because if not, the state is providing mm -hmm. either either through uh, temporary assistance for needy families, or we're we're putting people in jail for child support and. The, they, well, they don't have the skills. What job are they going to get? Hey. And you think jail is going to solve mm. it versus uh, providing the supports they need so that they can uh, do what they need to do for themselves and for their children. There's a, a, a upcoming Hope Fest community event coming up uh, October 9th here in New Haven, and I'll post that on the, the blog as well as well as on our, the website uh, to work with the families and folks that might be uh, re the returning citizen population. Um that's, can we stay on the fiscal accountability thing for a second? I don't think, oh, that's I don't my think favorite people, part of yeah, it. Please share some more about that. So the judge is saying, if you read what he's saying, because he, the, the lawsuit when it was filed, I guess they were asking for $2 billion. Mm -hmm. They just wanted more money. Yes. The judge is like, you spend plenty of money on education. And if we look at what we spend on education, we do. We're the wealthiest state in the nation. Mm. Money mm. is not our issue. Mm. Moral courage mm. is, uh, is, is our problem. Um, the two Connecticut's preserving themselves, right? The haves want to continue to have at the expense of mm. versus we can work together, right? Because the poor, even the word of God, for those who believe in God says, the poor will have with us always. 
there's no excuse to deny them a good education, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right? Because mm-hmm, like, we mm-hmm, do believe education mm-hmm, is a mm-hmm, way out. Because mm-hmm. everyone won't be going to college, but having your basic foundational skills, you can go to trade school, you can go to technical. So again, it's about how we're spending the money. I did a breakdown, I did a training here around school governance councils with New Haven students. Yes. And when you look at it, those children really get like pennies because you got over 21,000 New Haven students. And so when you look at how it's allocated, it is super top-heavy administrative, but not just in New Haven, mm-hmm. across the country mm-hmm. and across mm-hmm. the state. Mm-hmm. So if it's so administratively, accountability, personnel accountability has to matter because you have to make sure you have the right person in place. Mm. I have schools that have high populations of Spanish-speaking students, and you got a handful of Spanish-speaking bilingual staff. Mm. That is an ineffective way of spending the tax dollars because you can't meet the students need who yeah. might have primary where English is not the primary language in the home. So it's about assuring that you have the right fit, if you will. See? That's one of the famous, um, uh, the, the gentleman that runs the youth program, Bernard Thomas in Harford, mm-hmm. he does right fit. So everything mm. we talk about is making sure you have the right fit. And that includes personnel, making sure you have certified people. If you're a special ed- education ed- educator or support, making sure you have what is skills. And it's just not about certifications. We got folk who got degrees and you wouldn't let them give you an aspirin. All right. So this is about having exposure to the communities you serve in conjunction with your certification so that you're able to engage with the communities you're serving. Indeed. I'm I'm smiling because you can tell that Gwen is on fire and we all can be on fire. And that's that's the thing. And not fire to burn up, but just fire so we can continue to kind of burn the fuel in your body so you can be can be. You know, so you don't have to go 20 miles an hour. You can go 50 miles an hour. You can go 70 miles an hour. You can you can go sometimes fast. You can modulate, but not be to get over the lethargy. Sometimes you need fire in the belly to kind of to kind of give yourself uh, oh, just to, to energize your your spirit. Right. When I wanted to chat about uh, when you mentioned Connecticut and such such a small state, but just historically, if we look at Amistad, if we look at some of the historical moments, John Brown being being born here in Connecticut, uh, the Harriet Beecher Stowe House. Uh, we have and we've had Chef versus O'Neill. So we, this small little state has been on the educational legal map, social map, civic map exactly. for a, for a long time. Exactly. And if you look at Prudence Crandall, Prudence we, Crandall, right? If we think about uh, how we divide that that law, clear we have the Black Law in mm-hmm. eighteen thirty three, mm-hmm. right? Where it says you know nobody, if you're a, a young girl of of color, you can't cross the lines to yes. get an education, right? So we think about these zip codes. Mm-hmm. So Connecticut is already. Has, has since the beginning of time yes. has always established us versus them. Mm. And mm. here we have an opportunity to get it right. Mm. Right. We voted for you for those in office. I love there's a quote that Athena says, and I'm going to change some of the words. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She says, as long as you keep messing with our children, we're about to mess with your aspirations. <laughs> <laughs> and I love Athena Wagner for that. You're, you're, She's an you're, advocate for your front and back aspirations. Exactly. Yeah, so she was saying, you know, which means bottom line, you want to be governor. Mm. You want to be mayor. Mm-hmm. You want to be on a city council. You want the people to vote for you. Mm-hmm. But if you won't stand for children, then don't ask people for their mm. vote. Mm. And so that's why voting matters. I became an independent several months ago. I, I was a lifelong Democrat. But what I've seen with the politics going on and how there, I believe that some parties take advantage of us, expect the black vote going to vote just because you're a Democrat or vote Republican just because. No, I want people to get back to the old school ways where you have to meet with the people. You have to listen to the people and you have to earn the vote. Mm. 
So mm-hmm. I became an independent so that you're going to have to talk to me mm-hmm. because unaffiliated mm-hmm. are the majority voting block in Connecticut. They mm-hmm. might not want to say it, mm-hmm. but if you go to the Secretary mm-hmm. of State's website, mm-hmm. we have over 900,000 registered unaffiliated, and it's growing across the country. That way there is a an unease. People are sure, unhappy sure, sure. with this current structure of edu- you know around politics, Democrat versus Republican. And even now, the Democrats are positioning themselves, Republicans are positioning themselves for CCJEF versus mm. doing what's right mm-hmm. for the babies. Mm-hmm. That doesn't require party. That requires the heart to do right. Mm. Do right because it's the right thing to do. Not because you're a Democrat, not because you're a Republican, but because we are human beings. And those babies are little human beings. And they're trusting the adult human beings see, to do right by see, them. See. Lucy, we're going to take a, a, just a brief break, and you're listening to the Tom Ficklin Show. And we have it's a pleasure to have Gwen Samuel uh, here with me, sitting right in front of me. We're going to have her back. The Connecticut Parents Union. Is, is slipping by, but again, you've already committed to coming back. Uh, but we've been talking about the intersection of politics and people and just all of us that are on the, if you're a taxpayer, and even if you're a young person that don't, that you're not paying taxes, you're, you're still involved. You're, you're buying, you're, you may, you may buy something yourself or your mother or father's buying something for you. And then there's the sales tax. So we're Absolutely. all, all involved in this economic system, but there's some politicians uh, that are already have gone public with uh, supporting your position. And I say, I don't say that to 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 uh, criticize those that might have might not have gone public thus far. But some folks, sometimes it takes courage, and sometimes people get they get revelations at their own point in time. But there's one or two politicians, or even more, that have already uh, understood the passion of your cause, the righteousness of your cause, the, the the correctness of your cause. Absolutely. Like I'll give an example. State Representative Matt Ritter from Harford came to the Capitol because we had we had we hadn't had any confirmed lawmakers that day. So it was refreshing to see uh, a lawmaker such as him uh, come up there. And so and he stated, while I don't agree with all of what the judge mm-hmm. says, right, he took a public position. Mm-hmm. And I feel as lawmakers, you need to make a public um, statement about this to let the people know you at least heard what the judge said. Mm-hmm. Because as far as I'm concerned, if you are a silent lawmaker, that means you are comfortable with the oppression of the poor mm. and you side with the oppressor. Mm. So silence mm. to me equates to the oppressor. 
So even if, again, you don't have to agree with everything because we don't agree with everything in life. That's the beauty of America, mm -hmm. democracy. Mm -hmm. We can agree to disagree. Mm -hmm. But at the point that the people elect you to represent their voice at the legislative level, then you have an obligation, mm. a moral one, an ethical one to weigh in so the people know, especially parents who are hurting, who cry every night because they're afraid that their child is either going to end up in the system, end up dead, or just totally denied an education. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. poor people need to know, and those with low income, and those middle class folk need to know, that you are listening to the issues at hand and that you will address them. But to be silent, to me, it means you're too comfortable with the oppression <laughs> and, of uh, poor folk. And as, you, and as you mentioned earlier in the show, the, the Black and Hispanic Caucus will also be uh, holding, holding something that the public can participate in. Uh, I'm, I'm presuming it'll probably be on CTN also. Oh, yes, probably. Uh, and it'll probably be within the next week or so. It's going to be uh, very soon because uh, one of the questions were that uh, they were thinking about holding it after November. I said, you're not going to hold anything after November and then talk about ask somebody for their vote before November. <laughs> I suggest you have that conversation before November. So, I mean, leveraging. And, but that's the power of being yes. a registered voter, yes. right? Understanding your power. See? There is power in voting. There is power. Imagine the collectiveness. I look at New Haven. New Haven with um, in Yale and some of these organizations that come together and they protest in solidarity. Imagine yes. if you took that collectiveness mm -hmm. and helped people translate that into leveraging their vote. Mm -hmm. Imagine the different outcomes. Imagine some of the politics that is politics wouldn't be politics Good. because of the fact that we're leveraging our power. And New Haven is such a powerful powerful city so if there's a way that you can galvanize that power you will see a shift in your politics Boy, perfect and, and i think it's your 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 appeal and i love the even the branding you're we're, we're appealing the appeal I, I love the branding for your event was uh was luke luke bronin i think was the mayor of yeah Harper so the mayor there? of hartford was there and then we had um Brandon McGee, another state representative, mm -hmm. and then we had pastors. So again, you know, thank you to all who had courage because it took courage, mm -hmm. right? Because we're in a very um, hot political time right now. People are trying to stay off the radar just to get through November. <laughs> and no, we're helping people get on the radar because it'll help us determine should you get our vote in November or not. Let's just take a take a pause. We're again listening to the Tom Ficklin show and Gwen. It's as, as I chat with you, you're, you're working on a book, I believe, also. Absolutely. Yes, I'm, I'm excited about that. I've been working on it for like the last two years because every time I say I'm going to put another chapter in it, something else happens in mm -hmm. Connecticut, there's another chapter. So I'm, I'm working on a book called Game on Parents, mm -hmm. Moving from the Sidelines into the Game mm -hmm. of Education mm -hmm. Reform because mm -hmm. there's no mm -hmm. longer this blind trusting of systems. Mm -hmm. In order mm -hmm. for us to help our babies, we have to be on the field. And right mm -hmm. now we're not. Just with the... Uh state reps with the legislature kind of think do they come back in january or february january this is going to be a long it's session a long, it's a long session and it's a very important session because that means everything's on the table even saving the whales saving the trees everything that is passionate to lawmakers and so and, then the people yeah. need to be uh, a part of this process as well and, and it seems to me when i've looked at your some of your facebook posts and your twitter posts and just seeing you in conversation that literally you're of the opinion that any bill that's passed or even proposed has impact on everyone and particularly our urban, how we, how we kind of understand the impact of any bill that's, that's, that's posed in the legislature, what its policy impact is on us. Absolutely. There's no abstract bills. 
everything there has an and impact on And that's important us. because when I used to work for Teach Our Children, I still have a great relationship with Teach Our mm -hmm. Children Youth Unleashed in New Haven. Mm -hmm. We tried to pass um, a bill called IMPACT, yes. right, or, or Racial Impact Analysis. Mm -hmm. So that means before p bills are passed, you check them for equity mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. a lot yes. of these bills are just not good for us poor people and people of color from the onset, mm -hmm. but yet we managed to get them in there. And so I spoke to representative, you know, he introduced the bill representative Winfield, oh, Senator oh, Winfield good, good, before good. of the last year. Mm -hmm. And so now we're going to be revisiting this because CCJ aligns directly with that. Indeed. Because if we can assess bills before they become law, right, stand your ground, right? That became law. But imagine if there was a impact analysis mm. of that bill that bill might not be what it is today because you would see that stand your ground would disproportionately mm -hmm, target mm -hmm, communities of color. Mm -hmm. Stop and frisk the same thing. Mm -hmm. If states had impact, racial impact, uh, equity impact analysis of bills, like some of this thing wouldn't be. So that's yes. one of the bills that I will be working again with Teach Our Children and many other organizations across the state saying we need to have that bill of equity impact. It aligns with CCJ because he's For saying sure. we don't have an equitable educational system. Mm -hmm. But if we had an equity impact bill, mm -hmm. then we can assess some of these yes. educational policies before they become law and policy. That's what I really like. I and mean, it gets back to the holistic approach and that we're all connected sometimes, but then the Absolutely. disparate treatment kicks in. So I was really attracted by that and, and, and so, so needed. Um, again, if people want to reach out to you, Gwen, the best way for them to kind of contact you and or any of the organizations that you're affiliated with. Yeah, so if you, we can definitely connect you with other organizations, but you can reach me directly at 203-443-3203. Again, 203-443-3203. Or my email, Gwen, G-W-E-N, at ctparentswithanSunion.org. Excellent. When I talked to folks, Gwen, and I, I, meant, I promised you that I wasn't going to give you any blind questions, but there is a question that we have not perhaps discussed be before, but I think you'll be able to give me a sufficient, an answer that you'll be comfortable with. And it pertains to how do we, when I, whenever any guest is in front of me, he or she, it's clear that they are energetic, concerned about health, interested in remaining on the planet, maybe a few more days, at least a few more days to kind of, to, to have an impact. Uh, so you, you referenced, I think earlier this morning, you were a Fitbit. What are some of your, your keys to staying active and alive and successful and, and dealing with the, the stress in your own mind and your, in your own life. It's just the, I always like to ask kind of these lifestyle questions because I don't think enough of us pay attention to the fact that, you know, to be in the battle, you gotta, you gotta be, you gotta be healthy. Absolutely. And also I, I um, so, um, you know, so I lost my uh, a son, my son, who was 25 years old uh, in a fatal car accident six months ago. So there's this whole, this rethinking a lot of mm -hmm. things in life, rethinking mm -hmm. what my lifestyle is. Mm -hmm. So, as part of my grieving process, my cousin in New Jersey gave me a Fitbit. Mm. So I started walking and then I realized, oh, wait a minute, this thing of tracking my steps and I started losing weight. So I lost like 10 pounds in one mm. month. Mm -hmm. So it made me realize that families first, mm. because I realized during my advocacy years that I could have done better at balancing family. And so I've made some commitments mm. to my family mm. that I will never be in such a state that I can care about everything else and not make sure my home mm -hmm. is intact. Mm -hmm. So I've made some lifestyle mm. changes in regards to my advocacy, so I'm balancing it. And then at the same time, realizing that um, we, have to, um, we have to look at a healthy, mm -hmm. having a healthy lifestyle so that we can take care of our children. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. if we're not healthy, we might not be here to take care 
of our children. Mm-hmm. I, you know, um, losing a child, I just, I, it was hard for me because it feels out of order, mm-hmm. right? Because it's supposed mm-hmm. to where your kid's supposed to bury their parents. But at the same time, just valuing life. I just have yes. a new outlook on what relationships. And I will say relationships matter. Mm-hmm. Because when this happened, I saw community that I never knew came out to support me. So I felt good that I have built such sustainable relationships. Yes, yes, yes. Not this quick fix, just here today, gone tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So that I was able to lean on, on people and cry on people's shoulders. Mm-hmm. So again, I'm, I'm looking at healthy is the lifestyle I want to live, changing my eating habits. Mm-hmm. And I notice when I try to go back to poor eating habits, <laughs> my body rejects uh-huh, it. So uh-huh, there is a see? thing that your body tells you that, you know what, this is what I need. If you try anything else, I'm going to uh, buck up against you. Yes, yes. And so the Fitbit has been a piece. My cousin said, I, and I also reached out to Fitbit because mm-hmm. I would love to figure out how we can partner with some of the grocery stores and some of these things mm. so that we can get some of this activity um, mm. mechanisms mm. for our urban communities mm-hmm. because we don't get the healthy grocery stores. We don't get the big Y's and the organics in, in high urban communities. So, yeah, so I'm looking at ways to, it helped me grieve, and I believe that devices like Fitbit mm-hmm. can help people start to yes, rethink yes, activity. Yes, yes, the, the, the reprogramming and rededication. And I appreciate your sharing that, that, that personal story. And again, that's an indication to those of you that are listening about how transparent, loving and giving Gwen is for you to even share that with, with the audience. That's, that, that, that's key. And, and the grieving, some people might just be listening to the show. They've either lost their cat or they lost their dog or lost someone in their family. And, and even grieving for the world, kind of even crying for the state of the world, but in order to kind of find our own personal joy and collective joy, that, that's kind of a unique formula that we all have to kind of recipe. We all have to kind of devise. But there's some tip. If you just listen to what Gwen said, I think you'll find some, some, some direction in, in her comments in that regard. Thank you. So th- thank you for, for sharing that. We have about three, three and a half or so, four minutes to go, Gwen. And I just wondered, as we kind of wind down, um, if there's anything on your, your heart, mind, or soul that you might want to share. It could be related to the topics we've been discussing or, or anything else. Uh, I like to kind of close out with that kind of jazz improvisation kind of comment from my guests because there's so much that fleet goes through our mind quickly. Sometimes we capture it. Sometimes we, we, we can't capture it, but just wondered uh, if there's something that was on your, that you'd like to share as we kind of conclude. I want us to really think about what the legacy we are leaving for our young people. So I want to leave on the note of why we're here as adults, our responsibility as adults. And at no time as adults, should we ever negotiate a child's safety, education, and overall well-being. Mm. And so that knows schools are communities within communities. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so there is so much that we can learn from listening to our young people. So I leave that for those who work with youth. It's not about just having a slogan. I work with youth. We need to listen Mm. to what they're saying. Mm. And, And they are saying things without saying it as well. So I'm just encouraging us as adults to rethink how we think about schools. Rethink about our perceptions about children, especially mm-hmm. children of color and poor. We 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 make our decisions based on presumptions mm. and stereotypes mm. versus getting to build those necessary relationships. Relationships matter. Mm. And I'm asking educators that I understand you have governing policies, but take those risks mm. to build those relationships with the communities mm-hmm. you serve. Mm-hmm. The return on the investment will leave you uh, having effective classrooms. And in turn, students will be successful because that educator is successful. Mm, tremendous, tremendous. Gwen, you're coming back. You, as I say, January, December, you're, you're back in that seat. Thank, thank you so much for having me. Thank, thank you so much. And, and to speak to you next Monday and and uh, check out the, w, the New Haven Independent website. We'll have this posted and, 
And Lucy, just as we conclude, tell people how they can kind of also access and, and find us and, for, and, and for, forever in a day. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, so people can go to www.newhavenindependent.org where I will post a daily roundup of all of the shows that are on our station. Or you can find us on SoundCloud or iTunes at WNHH Community Radio. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Talk to you guys soon.